0: Conversations That Matter podcast, my name is John Harris. Um, tragic situation, many of you have probably heard of it happening right now. I didn't think I'd be commenting on it, but um, actually it did happen, I should say, in Georgia with this shooting. I don't even want to say the perpetrator's name, I probably will be forced to later in the show. Um, but it's being politicized. It's being politicized very soon after it happened, within hours, and I'm not that old, but I'm old enough to remember when we didn't politicize things this quickly as 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 a culture. Uh, I think since I can remember, there's always been people that wanted to take guns who would use shootings, but it, it there was kind of a there was a time of of respect and and just mourning. Uh, there was a time for uh, at least as I remember it, there there was. Just, just a time that people didn't really point fingers, and now today everything is so politicized. The finger pointing starts off so quickly, and um, and I'm not doing that. That's not what this podcast is about. But I, I, I want to respond for those who are interested to some of the finger pointers. And, um, you know, I didn't want to do a podcast on this. I'll be honest. I mean, I just thought this is a horrible situation. I didn't think I'd be sitting here, but people have been sending me screenshots of the way that different Christian social justice activists are using this, and it's frankly disgusting. Uh, siding with the mainstream media to blame this somehow on Christians and this legacy of racism and sexism, etc. And and some of these ways of, of analyzing it are so ridiculous that it, it, there needs to be some kind of a response. I, I don't know. I, I can't stand the fact that That this is happening, I can't stand the fact that this is the case. It seems like with every uh, national tragedy or violent crime that should be mourned over. I mean, we should be praying right now for, and I did just before the program for strength for the families of the victims, for the for the churches to be involved and the gospel would go forward. Because you know our our days are numbered. We we don't know when we're going to die, and and something like this it's unexpected. But whether Expected or unexpected, we we need to make things right with our Creator, and that's where the churches in that area can, um, and the Christians that go to them can be used. And I just the fact that this is being politicized by Christians, nonetheless, people who I should say who claim to be Christians, is kind of disturbing. So we're going to go through some of this, and um, and, and I'm going to point out some some of some of the problems with the way that it's being used, politicized uh lord willing first a few um some good news though i want to share with you and some also announcements um paint the wall black and if you haven't seen that by the way you need to go see the paint the wall black the uh nini's deli story uh is going to be airing on oan one american news next week i've just gotten word and that's exciting i didn't think that it would be airing uh on that particular uh channel i I i emailed them uh and within hours i got an email back saying that they would be Happy to air it. And um, this is due to your support. I mean, I just want to thank you all once again. I mean, you know, whatever numbers you see on YouTube, you know, I don't know how many people have seen it now with the various versions, you know, 37,000 or so. I There will probably be hundreds of thousands, I'm thinking, that will see it next week when it airs on One America News. That's thanks to you. I mean, look, we, we couldn't have done this. Um, Lost Stand Studios could not have done this without. Your support so uh, if you um, would be so kind and generous if if you have uh, the funds to do it with uh, you can also support our next documentary which i'll put the link in the info section Uh, you can go um, to actually i think i have yes i do have a little screenshot here to give send go um, and find it there as well uh, our American Monument documentary. And I believe it's just give, and go backslash American Monument documentary. And uh, and you can support our next documentary that we're making. Um, and I don't know if they'll air it on OAN or not, but, you know, who knows? Uh, we're just really happy um, that uh, Juan's story, though, is getting out there. And we're hoping to do a lot more um, in a similar vein. Um, another, uh, oh, so some other pieces of good news here. Uh, DiscerningChristians.com, you can see here that uh, the map is getting fuller. We're putting churches on the map, and this is what I want to ask you to help us with. Uh, if you know of a church that is against social justice, um, it's a solid church. You know it's doctrinally sound, and I mean, you can see the this, this statement of faith at discerningchristians.com. You know, they're against social du- justice, against Darwinism. Uh, put p- Please comment on this video. Put, put the church name, uh, its address, and then its website. That's the best way to do it. And... Um, And I'll add it here. I mean, you can add it yourself. You can go to discerningchristians.com, create a profile, and add a church yourself. But uh, if you don't know how to do that, just put it, you know, comment um, underneath the video. This website has been, um, it's being built kind of step by step. And I haven't blasted it big. We haven't paid for any advertising. And I haven't gone out there and really encouraged people to sign up because we just want to make sure that all the kinks are worked out, that it's very user-friendly. And... Um, and right now, I know the web developers working on uh, a church planning section, so you can put down that you're a church planner, where you you're, you're planting that kind of thing, uh, and then also uh, I think an app, building an app. So um, so things are coming along with this, and I just wanted to bring your that to your attention. And I would encourage you, if, if you can, uh, go and sign up for an account now. If you if you're a pastor, especially, you want to get on this before it goes big and mainstream and all that, because. You're going to want to uh, take advantage of the, I mean, it's free advertising, if, if, if anything else. But, you know, the goal of this is to go around the institutions to show here are the Christians and churches. And maybe there's an area where there's a lot of Christians and not a lot of churches, which church planners can identify as a place to plant. But it's to go around the institutions and to, uh, to promote solid churches. So other piece of really good news, Pastor James Coates uh, to be released from jail as Crown withdraws charges. This was posted on March 17th. And um, this is just uh, incredible news. Um, a lot of people, a lot of Christians have been praying for this. And it just goes to show you uh, that um, even in Canada, where it's very liberal, um, progressive, I should say, they cannot keep someone like James Coates in jail indefinitely. They just they can't do it. And that's a, a good thing. Uh, that, you know, culture, the, the, the elites that are responsible for the Great Reset are trying to Get culture up to speed with what they want as quickly as they possibly can and it's not going quite as quickly as they want they can't even keep someone like pastor james coates in jail i think they fined him a hundred dollars and they kept one charge but um incredible good news answer to prayer so i wanted to share that with you as well let's talk about this georgia shooting now um this is the first i saw of the reporting uh at <laughs> it was at the gym and CNN uh, was on the television on uh, one of they have a number of channels and one of them was CNN and it says breaking news at least eight people killed at three Atlanta area spas four of the dead are Asian women and I think it's eight people killed one wounded and I think it might be six Asian people I don't know I, I but this was the initial reporting and I remember thinking to myself is the crime worse because half the victims are Asian women does that make this a, a worse offense somehow. And, I mean, that that should be an appalling thing. To, I mean, a human life is gone as a result of murder. It doesn't matter if they're red, yellow, black, green. I mean, who cares what they look like, uh, what the melanin count in their skin is or what you know their facial features are or any of that. They're human beings made in the image of God that, that have died as a result of murder. And yet the way this is being spun from the outset is that you know four of them are asian women so you 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 know on cnn you you can just read between the lines what they're trying you don't have to you can just listen to their commentary they're angling for a motive already saying this must be racism they're they're asian women or maybe sexism they're women so this is you know it's it's a white male perpetrator and um just had a problem with women had a problem with minorities or something and this is what's motivating it and you don't know that yet um but it it just it, it 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 tastes bad. It looks bad. It smells bad when, when, when this is what the discourse is within, you know, when the paint's still dry. And you're already talking about the fact that, well, you know, some of those victims, they're Asian. They're women. So so what? Their, their lives mean more? Did, I mean, what? what's the, I mean, the, the, the insinuation is there from the beginning. And it's, it's just, you know, it, it's a false accusation. When it, You know, it could be true, but you don't know that yet. So at, at at the point with the information that's known at the time, it, it's false, uh, according to to you know, all the information that's available. You can't make that claim, and yet this is supposedly mainstream journalism. Um, here's a, a story. Just this was today. Uh, hashtag Stop Asian Hate. Asian Americans grieve, organize in wake of Atlanta attacks. And I. We, we still don't know I mean there's still no verified anything showing that this shooting was motivated by a hatred for Asian Americans or Asians in general or Asian women in particular maybe it maybe there was some of that I don't know, but no one knows right now with the information we have publicly available, so why keep making this case that it it was um that this was the motive um that, the, I mean, this is a, this is an accusation that it's, and, and and the insinuation is that it's widespread. It's not just this one shooter. It's, we got to stop this Asian hate everywhere. It's just everywhere. Uh, you know, one guy, he, he, he went a little too far with his hate. He took it to the step of murder. But, uh, but yeah, this, this Asian hate apparently is, it, it needs rallies against it or hashtags or, <laughs> I don't know. Um, it, it's truly remarkable to see. I mean, the, the lack of just logical thinking on, on any of this. And, and, of course, we know the, the re, this is critical theory playing itself out. This is um, blaming, extrapolating from an individual's actions uh, a group of people, you know, making it seem like it's, it's much bigger. Uh, this is a problem with Americans or you know, Christians. And then, um, and then using it to forward some kind of uh, th- this narrative that there's just this, all this hate out there. And, and everyone needs to get on board. And if they don't get on board, they're part of the problem. We've, we've seen this over and over. We keep getting played with these, uh, as uh, Michael O'Fallon likes to call them, these fertile fallacies, that these knee-jerk reactions to everything. Um, and, and we still haven't analyzed this. We, still, and we, we may never know fully what was going through this young man's head. It's very sad. Massage parlor, massacre suspect he loved guns and God, Daily Beast. So there you go. That could be part of the motive. He loved guns and God. I mean, that, is that the motive here? Do we know that's the motive? He loved guns and God, so next thing you know, he's going to go shoot up a place. Uh, it's it's kind of disgusting, guys. I hope you see how this is working. And I, you know, for those who have studied history, and especially those who have studied um, like World War II and what led up to that, I hope you're seeing some parallels here. I hope you're seeing a vilification of certain classes of people based on. The actions of an individual, the reactions of you know uh, a very small minority of people, and and just forwarding lies about you know lies to reinforce a narrative because the narrative is all that matters. Now here's here's a report on a possible motive. Right, we don't know, but here this is this is, it seems like the closest you know in, piece of information we have to making sense of this. Tyler Bayless said that he shared a housing unit with the perpetrator. At Maverick Recovery, a rehab facility in Roswell, Georgia, between 2019 and 2020. Uh, Most residents were suffering from drug or alcohol addiction. Um, The perpetrator was being treated for sex addiction. It was something that absolutely would torture him, Bayless said. Uh, He said Long was a deeply religious person. He would often go on tangents about his interpretation of the Bible and was distraught about his addiction to sex. Bayless said that on multiple occasions during his stay at the Uh, facility long told him that he had relapsed and gone to massage parlors explicitly to engage in sex acts. He said he didn't know whether long had specifically gone to any of the spas where he allegedly shot eight people dead Tuesday night. Bayless who hasn't spoken with long since long left the recovery uh, facility said he had never heard him say anything derogatory about Asian people. After hearing long was the suspect in the shootings. Bayless said that he was shocked. Um, the guy, you know, this perpetrator seemed calm, collected, and nice, and normal guy. Um, so, let's see here. Another former roommate of Long's told CNN that Long had been in rehabilitation for sex addiction. Um, and, let's see, he, so he recognized him when he saw him. Uh, he never heard Long say anything racial. So, so here's the thing, we don't, we don't have any evidence, and it seems like, what evidence we do have goes against the notion that this was motivated by a hatred for some kind of ethnic minorities or racially motivated hatred. We don't see that. Um, we do see the possibility that there's some, something involving sex addiction is at play here, but we don't know what. Possibly. We, we, we don't even, we just don't know. Maybe, did he know these people from frequenting these places? I mean, this is 2019. August 2019, he's at a rehab fa- facility So you got to figure, I mean, he's had this, this addiction has been going on way way before that to to get to that point. And for someone who, um, I'm not saying a Christian can't have sinful struggles in their lives, but uh, for, you know, the idea that this was just this gun-toting, you know, Bible (laughs) preaching uh, kind of good Christian man who just snapped one day and went and shot up a place is just not accurate. Clearly, there was something going on wrong with this young man's life, and it had been going on for for a few years. Uh, there was a pattern of sin there, and uh, and and some serious sin, and, and and it, you know, obviously culminated in in what just happened. But we don't know if there was, uh, if it was a financial dispute of some kind uh, because he knew these people from frequenting their establishments. We don't know if uh, I mean it's trying the sort of the, the way it's being painted by some is that this was if it wasn't racism it must have been motivated by some kind of a sexism you know women were the problem and so he had to go shoot some women and we don't know that either yet um, obviously the, this this person that doesn't sound like they've been walking with the Lord at least in a strong way for uh, a long time so um, so, so the, the the information we do have the little glimpse into it seems to contradict the narrative that is being spun and here's some of the narrative that's being spun i want to show you this is this is the lesson from this i want to show you how the social justice quote-unquote christians side with the secular media to vilify conservative christians and it's disgusting it's really disgusting Uh, robert jones um, he is the writes for the atlantic right not incidental Atlanta Murder suspects SBC Church belongs to Founders Ministries group that claims white fragility is pro-racism, calls critical race theory godless and materialistic ideologies, equates women preaching with abuse. So that's the problem. I mean, he went to a church that told him that women shouldn't preach because the Bible says that, uh, and that critical race theory is wrong, and next thing you know, he's just going to go shoot people. I mean, this this is what passes for journalism? This is someone who supposedly is supposed to be giving the truth to people? I don't think so. This is political hackery. Here's Ruth Graham. Uh, She writes a lot for the New York Times on these issues. I've actually, I think years ago, I I had a, I talked, I don't know if I talked with her. She left a message on my phone. That's what I remember about something. I don't, we never talked, I don't think. But um, here's what she said. Crab Apples, uh, lengthy bylaws cover, this is the church, Crab Apples, the church I think he went to. Uh, The lengthy bylaws cover a wide spectrum of theological and moral issues. Crabapple also placed itself in a list of churches friendly to the missions of Founders Ministries, a group within the SBC that has criticized the nomination for what characterizes as progressivism. Uh, The group sounds the alarm about critical race theory, intersectionality, and social justice. Um, She did mention, good, that Jared Longshore, the vice president for Founders, described the shootings as grievous and heart-wrenching. But, I mean, you can see what she puts on her Twitter. He was one of those core young men involved in everything we did. The suspect and his parents attended an evangelical church. And there's a picture of the church and that's, that's the story. It's the New York Times story that she put out. That's, that's what she wants you to take away. That he's a, he's a, he's a churchman. He, he went to church and, and by the way, he's part of this network against uh, progressivism. I mean, this is what you get, I guess, in conservative churches, right? Uh, here's Alyssa Wilkinson, uh, staff writer for Vox. And she says, um, I don't know if I have the first part of this tweet. I think I'm missing something here. That eliminating the source of sex addiction excuse uh, sounds really familiar if you grew up in certain segments of conservative Christianity. And it's been messing with my head all day. It's in no way separate or distinct from racism. I mean, you have someone thoroughly given over. Someone whose mind is thoroughly given over to social justice here. Because she can't see the difference, because he, her intersectionality—you know—it's all power relationships, right? So whether it's sexism, race, it doesn't matter; uh, it's all the same stuff. And that's what she says. There's no way to separate the sexism basically from racism, and, um, and and that this is about eliminating the source of sex addiction. Well, we don't know that yet. We don't know that that's his motive. But, but to even if it was, to go the extra step and to say that you know this is something, this is Christianity at play here. This is Christian, Christianity didn't teach him to do this, to go shoot up a place. Um, I mean, if it was a good, solid Bible-believing church that's conservative, they're teaching him to mortify his flesh. They're teaching him to uh, walk the path that Jesus walked, delayed gratification, um, not to go shoot people. So <clears throat> that is um, Alyssa Wilkinson. And so these are secular voices, and, but, but when you, the, the interesting thing is you start looking at some of the progressive Christians, the, the woke evangelicals, you start seeing the same kind of thing. Thomas Horrocks, um, whose pinned tweet is, loving our neighbors means dismantling the systems that oppress them, said, at some point, we're going to have to reckon with the fact that these shootings in Atlanta and the response to them reveal the need for us to think intersectionally. These killings happen at the intersection of both racialized and sexualized violence. I don't know. Maybe they're humans that died and that's where their worth comes from. Not, not the fact that they're not more worthy. I, I, this is just insane to me. It's just insane that, you know, it must, you know, you, it's like reverse engineering a motive based on the crime, you know, look at the crime. And then, and it's like, we must, we know the motive from what happened. You, you don't always know the motive from what happened. Uh, what you could be completely misdiagnosing this. Um, and of course, uh, it's worse if it's, you know, two minority uh, identities at play here, I guess. Um, not, not just the fact that they're humans that died, that are made in God's image. He also says, according to him, his actions were motivated, the perpetrator's actions were motivated by an attempt to eliminate sexual temptation. Really? The, according to him? Um, conservative Christianity often teaches that women are to blame for men's lust. Really, I've never heard that. I've been around conservative Christianity my whole life. I've never once heard that. I've heard a lot of hard talk against men. I've never heard that. You know, it's women are really the ones responsible. I mean, I've heard that, you know, women are, it's important for women to dress modestly and things like this, but it's not like they're the ones causing, uh, the, you know, they're, they're the root of, you know, men can't do anything. You know, they can't stop their temptations or anything because women dress a certain way. No, men have self-control. There's a steering wheel and there's a brake pedal. Um, I've never heard what this man is alleging. It also teaches men that sexual impurity is a battle that we must, that must be fought. Well, yeah. Do, I mean, look, Thomas Horrocks, do you think something different? That sexual purity is not a battle? I mean, I thought, I mean, this is the interesting thing. The same crowd that's all about like, you know, it's it's wrong to, to rape, rape culture so bad. And, and uh, it's in Christianity. It's just everywhere. It's, uh, you know, on college campuses, just rape culture. And uh, we should believe women and stuff. All of a sudden, when something like this happens, what it's is it wrong to, to 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 battle against sexual impurity, or is it just the use of the term "battle"? Since he has that in quotes, I mean, it's, you can't have it both ways. Which one? Which one do you want? He says this is the man uh, who killed eight people. He's a picture of him, including six Asian women in day spas in Atlanta. This photo is taken from his testimony when he was baptized. He was a member of the Baptist Church, the son of a youth minister, and that was in 2018, I believe, that he was baptized. So, um, I mean, obviously sad, obviously there's, there's still questions. I think a lot of people have, but this guy's using it for political hackery. Uh, I would just never trust a man like this. Um, he's got a a book and he's got a podcast and he has got almost 10,000 followers on Twitter. But, uh, but this, this man is not to be trusted with the, there's no truth in any of this. This is pure political opportunism. Uh, Jamar Tisby, much the same thing. Um, the plot thickens. The suspect's church is a member of Founders Ministry um, and uh, cites Robert Jones there. You, you got Jamar Tisby citing Ruth Graham uh, and saying uh, he's, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know how much of this I want to even read. Um, let's see. So he, what he's saying is that he, he's trying to stereotype the kind of churches, you know, progressive churches. They're uh or conservative churches that don't like progressives. And he stereotypes them. They're the the places where you get in trouble for stringing the words black lives matter together, you know, that kind of thing. Advocating for women in church leadership. That's the kind of thing that must have led to this. Uh, And so he says, again, churches are not responsible for every individual actions of their members, but, here's the big but, when you steep your flock in ideas that exclude and demonize the community, bears responsibility. Your ideas, words, and actions failed challenge or worse actively promoted racism and sexism Hmm. so he knows it's racism and sexism just because of the way the victims appear i mean that that's racism and sexism i mean what you you know that that was the motive just because of the way the victims look uh because of it's it's a bunch of assumptions strung together rachel den hollander Sit with it. Everyone is comfortable with slippery slope arguments until we're discussing how the tone, tenor, and ideologies can be a slippery slope to extreme conclusions and actions. And really, when women are blamed for their own abuse, or there's little care that they are, and women are counseled to be sexually available to solve husbands' porn addictions, or we don't care uh, when they are, or they are... Uh, talked about with vitriol and categorized as dangerous, then we've already done what this shooter did in ideology treated women as the cause and solution to men's sexual problems and normalized sexually abhorrent behaviors as every man's battle, which is a shot at a book. And the slippery slope to extreme actions can't be divorced from the root. So she's blaming this on purity culture. Yeah, purity culture creates this kind of thing. <laughs> Again, we don't know exactly what the, all the motive here is, we don't know exactly what led to it. Uh, you know could could this guy have had a really warped understanding of hey that that's the temptation i need to eliminate it and i mean if you if you're i guess mentally disturbed or something sure or you know demons are whispering in your ear go go take care of you know your temptation i i guess that's a possibility but it's not from it's not cuz he read every man's battle i can t- tell you that it's not cuz he's reading books that say that, that teach you how to fight or at least attempt to teach you how to fight sexual addiction and that kind of thing she also says the man who murdered women in the massage parlor uh he was says he was eliminating temptation because he had a sex addiction uh he was a member of an sbc church brothers pastors seminary heads how you teach sexuality matters it can be life and death so there this is the disgusting part to me she's blaming brothers pastors and seminary heads she's saying that there's a problem that the, the way that they're teaching that their teaching led to this really um, i'm not going to read this whole thing but suffice it to say you, you start reading this long rambling thread uh, this is happening in your pulpits, your seminary. I mean, it's just everywhere. Systemic, apparently. The thinking that led to this—it's um, the way that you criticize Beth Moore, Amy Bird, Rachel Green Miller. It's—it's—it's um, uh, it's, it's Paige Patterson. It's uh, John MacArthur. You know, these are the kinds of people. I mean, she's getting right into the political debate, the social justice political debate. It's Paige Patterson and John MacArthur. Th- their thinking led to this. Um, we have been pleading and begging with you to see and hear what you are really communicating, because apparently you don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to go more, I'm not going to read more of this, but you can see how this is completely being used for a political agenda that really has little to do with the actual incident. And at least at the point we are at now, um, there's there's no way to even make any of these, these arguments, these cases. I want to read for you Psalm 37, 12 through 15. Think about this. It says, The wicked plots against the righteous and gnashes at him with his teeth. The Lord laughs at him, for he sees that his day is coming. The wicked have drawn the sword and bent their bow to take down the afflicted and the needy, to kill off those who are upright in conduct. Their sword will enter their own heart, and their bows will be broken. Now, you might think that I'm talking about this perpetrator and what he did. And maybe there's some of that there. Maybe this verse can describe that because I don't know the motive of this guy, not fully at least. But actually, the reason I'm reading this more than anything else is to describe what you just saw, the reaction to it, the attempt to take down people like John MacArthur and Paige Patterson and Founders Ministries and any, I guess anyone who's in a conservative Bible-believing church, some people who are trying to fight lust, who would read Every Man's Battle, Etc. Etc. The attempt to take them down—that's the wicked plotting against the righteous. That's all this is. The wicked are—they're tra- trying to use this to plot against their political enemies. And they—they're they're lying basically. They have to make up stuff in order to make this theory even sort of work. And people are just buying it up because they've been so infected with critical theory. But that's what's going on here. The wicked have drawn the sword and bent their bow to take down the afflicted and needy. Now, this could be used by social justice warriors, right? Because they, they like to attribute their categories of afflicted and needy to only the groups that would they can use to benefit their political agenda. But there's actually, you know, the words afflicted and needy could apply to more than just those, the official sociological categories that are, uh, you know, today deemed to be afflicted and needy. It could be conservative Christians. Are they afflicted right now? You bet. They're being afflicted. I mean, this is, this is an example of being afflicted. Are they needy? They need someone to defend them, and they have someone. And that's what verse thirteen says: "The Lord laughs at him, for he sees that his day is coming." And that's what I encourage you all to. For those who who are upset about this kind of thing, um, justice is coming, not just for this perpetrator because it makes us mad, but justice is coming for for more than just him. I I saw um I saw yesterday a little a blurb um. There were two teenagers, right, a little younger than this perpetrator, who burned to death uh, a mentally challenged man, broke into his home, sprayed gasoline on him, burned him. And I was jolted. I was so angry when I read that. Um, I mean, I was angry when I heard about the shooting, too. I mean, it just makes you mad. But But that, to, to a mentally challenged individual, to go in and kill him, and he died days later from the burns. Do you have a do you have a view of God that can account for this? That can I suffering is part of life. These kinds of things happen. And the comfort though is that there's that, that this isn't all there is. There's a day coming when there will be judgment against those particular teenagers. And I guess they couldn't use maybe those two teenagers weren't part of a founder's church. So they couldn't use it, you know, so you didn't hear about that one, right? Um and I, I, didn't look into it more. Maybe that, maybe they they were the wrong color. Maybe they were the wrong. I don't know. You you know how this works now, in the mainstream media and with the woke evangelicals. If the if it's someone who's supposed to be in a victim class as the perpetrator, it's not going to be. Uh, it's going to, the story's not going to get the traction it does. I mean, this story it, it just um, reinforces and justifies the sin of people who hate God. This is what happens when you go to conservative Christianity. So we, we're free to reject that. They're the real monsters, right? God's God sees all of it and he will judge. So I wanted to leave you with that. Um, if you wanna support American, uh, the American monuments documentary, go to the link in the info section and uh, thank you for all your support. I'm just happy that Juan Riesco's story is gonna make it to OAN uh, this next weekend. And um, and we just thank God that Pastor James Coates is out of jail now, and uh, as he should be because he didn't do anything wrong. God bless you. Until next time.